Welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the co-production podcast. I'm Domenico Laporta and I am the editor of Cineropa.org, your number one resource for information about the European audiovisual industry accessible for free 24-7 in four languages. The co-production podcast is a collaboration between Cineropa and Eurimage, and it is something completely new for us. We have a ton of interviews with directors published on the website, but uh, we wanted to hear the voice of the producers as well. We could have just decided to publish more interviews with producers on the website, but somehow it didn't feel like the right angle. And this is why we decided for conversation, hopefully conveying useful information. News you can use if you are a producer as well. In every episode, I will discuss the co-production of one film with European producers. And you'll have to bear with me for the first episodes because it surely resembles an interview. But I'm confident that over time, once everyone will feel more comfortable with the format and the medium, the podcast will evolve in the right direction. So look, we are doing this in English, okay? Even though it's neither my native language nor the original tongue of most of our guests. Some won't be fluent in English, others will mistake one word for another. We struggle with accents and expressions, but who cares, all right? Despite frequent language issues, European producers are still working together. They make films together and allow the magic of co-production to happen. This is really where the cultural diversity is manifesting itself. So we hope that this podcast will become a valuable resource to start new collaborations across Europe and beyond, to share best practice, highlight new models, and more. Very frankly, I don't know what will come out of this because it's new and it can only improve over time. So if you have any constructive feedback, do not hesitate to reach out. You can always contact me through cineropa.org. Today, we are going to talk about Between Life and Death, Entre la Vie et la Mort, original title. Directed by Giordano Gerdilini, a Belgian director so far mostly known for his work as a screenwriter. Among other things, Giordano wrote Duel in 2018 and Les Miserables in 2019. Entre la Vie et la Mort is a co-production between Belgium, France and Spain. And I'm happy to welcome the three producers of the film today, starting with Jean-Yves Roubin from Belgium. Bonjour, Jean-Yves. Hello. Jérôme Vidal from France. Bonjour, Jérôme. Hello. And Adria Mones from Spain. Hola, Adria. Hello. So how about you tell us a little bit about your production company? Maybe, Jean-Yves, you want to start? Fracas Production is a, a production company based in, in Belgium, in the French-speaking part. Uh, it's been created by me uh, 13 years ago. Uh, we produce around seven or eight features uh, a year. Uh, we have a um, big focus on genre movies and on, I mean, just to give you examples, we, we co-produce or produce movies like Roll, uh, Girl, Atlantic, Vivarium, Sea Fever, or more recently, the new uh, Fabrice uh, Duels' movie or Julia Ducournau's new movie. Great. What about you, Jérôme? I'm producer from uh, Noodles. Uh, 
We are especially the cooperation with Spain uh, between uh, 10 years. Um, we are uh, cooperators Blanca Nieves, uh, Abracadabra, uh, uh, Mundane in the Sun, uh, the more uh, famous uh, co-production we are making from Spain. Um, and now we are co-producing with Jean-Yves and with Adria, the journalist movie. And finally, Adria. Okay, uh, our company is Fast and Films, based in Barcelona, and it's a new company. Uh, since three years ago, we started uh, producing, and last year we could make four films. Um, one was Entre la Ville Amor. We also shoot uh, The Path, was a German co-production. Also Netflix original called Centauro by Daniel Calparsoro. And Osi Mediterraneo, that was a co-production with Greece, with... Um, Eduard Fernandez, Sergio Lopez, and a very good cast. So you guys have just finished the co-production of Entre la Vie et la Mort together. Um, Jean-Yves, maybe you can tell us what the story is about? So Between Life and Death is, is the story of Leo, who's uh, a metro driver in Brussels. And uh, one night he hits this young man at the edge of the platform with his metro. And in fact, when he jumps on the track to, to help this victim, he discovers that uh, it's actually it's his son that he didn't seen for he hadn't seen for more than two years. So from that point, there will be two investigations. The first investigation will be Leo's that will try to understand what happened to, to his son. And he will discover that his son was uh, involved in, in this uh, bloody uh, robbery. And the other investigation will be uh, the police investigation that will uh, try to understand also who's uh, Leo's son. And they will try also to understand who's Leo, because he's not only maybe just a, a, a Mitra driver. I'm just curious about the development of the script. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? I've known Giordano for a few years as he's Belgian. And um, Jean called me because we we actually wanted to develop this uh, movie together. Uh, so we we started uh, Jordano's project from Belgium, and it, of course, as it was a co development, we uh, naturally we 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 could produce it with with France. Uh, it took like I mean we we were quite fast uh, actually. Uh, I think it took like two two and a half years or so. Uh, and then, uh, because of the story, we really need and really wanted to have a um, co-producer, a Spanish co-producer on board. So uh, I met Adria at the EFM um, like two years ago, and we we decided to to work together on this on this project and to make the, this um, tripart uh, co-production. So, how long did you work on the script? I would say around two years. Yeah, two and a half years, maybe, before we restarted the, the, the financing. And did you manage to fund the development? Yes, in Belgium, we had the, the Cultural Fund for Development, uh, Fédération Wallonie-Bruxelles, so it's like the CNC, I would say. Uh, we also had the, the fund from uh, RTBF, so our uh, TV channel. And in France, I don't think we didn't get any money from developing yeah. Sofika. From France, oh, yeah. we, we have a Sofika for development. 
Between Belgium and France, can you tell us, maybe you remember the amount that you got to fund the development? In Belgium, it was it was around maybe 20, between 20 and 25,000 euros of development money. And in France, I... 15. 15. 15. The film was not included in a slate funding uh, for Creative Europe? It was not part of a slate funding, no. So did you contact Adria right from the beginning of the production? Uh, no, actually, Adria came later uh, when we had al already a part of the fin uh, financing in place. Um, Adria arrived, I think, like uh, a year before the shooting or something. Well, when I was approached by Janif, as I know him from before and I really like his taste and he's a producer that uh, I trust him artistically and on the finance side, so I was... I was happy to read, and then I really, really liked the script. It was really like a very special. It's for us. It's hard to read scripts uh, as good as that. So I was really excited, and I also know Jerome from a long time ago. So it was a perfect match to for us, and it has also a very good actor, Antonio de la Torre. So it was kind of an easy. It was kind of easy to say yes. Uh, honestly, because it was a good project with very good producers behind, with a strong Spanish element. So. It was not a hard decision. So tell me a little bit why you needed a Spanish element in the film. Why was it important? Well, in Spain, in fact, at the very beginning, as Adria said, uh, as we had a very uh, strong uh, artistic input in Spain with Antonio de la Torre, uh, for us, it was like, a, I would say, natural to go to, to Spain um, and to find those Tennis person that we were missing, uh, but also we we had this uh, um, I would say contingencies coming to us that was the COVID, and uh, we actually lost our uh, our very important place that was the the Brussels Metro, uh, like two months before the shooting, the Brussels Metro decided to refuse. Uh, the authorization, so so we had to find a place to shoot this metro because it's the very beginning of the movie, and the metro it's like I would say it's almost a, a character, a very big and important character of the movie. So we really need metro, and Barcelona was the only place that uh, welcomed us to shoot the, the the metro. So we we had to 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 change the Barcelona metro into a Brussels metro. So we kind of expand also our, our, our work to, to, to finance the movie in Spain. You still managed to shoot during the pandemic and you were one of the first productions to do so. We, we started the shooting in, in August. So it was like at the end of the first deconfinement. Uh, and uh, it was really tough, in fact, because we were really... Uh, between two lines, and we read, didn't know if if we would be able to to actually finish the shooting. But you had to stop at some point, right? We were actually stopped during uh, our preparation. Uh, so it was uh, in uh, well in in March or April, I don't remember. But we were supposed to shoot like a bit sooner. Uh, then we had to to stop, and we start back back the preparation in. Uh, at the, the very start of the deconfinement, so end of June, beginning of July. Uh, and at that time, everybody was kind of happy. You know, it's like uh, the COVID was gone. So it was, I would say, it was like more easygoing. 
but we're starting to to have those numbers going up and up and up and maybe that we're starting to have this new the second wave of covid so we decided to to be a, a more i mean to have a more strict approach on, on the shooting and, and have like more uh, covid managers on set and so on so it, yeah at the end it was quick kind of tough no i think in reality we have some chance to 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 shoot in august to october i'm not sure that when we begin the shooting now it was easy like uh, the the real shoot, shooting in august um, like jean yves said uh, is new is the first time after the covid and uh, we are very happy to go now uh, a new uh, shooting i think is a good moment we are we are lucky to shoot in august in really practically speaking what did it change for you producers were you able to visit the set um, well actually with the covid it was complicated because uh, as you know belgium and spain were the champions of covid so it was very hard to travel and to move around so we need to limit a lot all the interactions so i think it's the first time i even visit the set in belgium as i wanted so i i was in barcelona of course but not like traveling was a real mess at that that moment between countries and also three countries co-productions what about the budget of the film we're on four million euros of budget in belgium we are uh, like 58 percent something and you've got like 30, 31 in France and 10 in, in, in Spain. Maybe you could talk now about the financing plan and how you broke down the production. Well, in, in Belgium, it's, uh, I would say it was quite easy as we met, as we said, the Grand Chelem, which was the cultural fund. We, have, we had like two... Uh, regional funds, Walimage and uh, Screen Brussels. We shot in Brussels. Uh, in Wallonia, we had like uh, technicians and uh, industries also. We well, yeah, we had like a couple of days of shooting in, uh, in in Wallonia, but uh, in matter of spending, it was more like uh, technicians coming from Wallonia. Uh, we had also uh, uh, pre-sales and co-production money from RTBF. It's a public TV ch uh, channel, yeah. And we also had the uh, BTV and um, Proximus, which are VOD and pay TV rights. And they also co-produced uh, the movie. Uh, then we had the, the, the Flemish Cultural Fund also, uh, VAF. Uh, we had also, and of course, yeah, we, we had the tax shelter. Of course, pretty big uh, percentage of the, uh, of the Belgian side. Uh, and we have, of course, Eurimages and and uh, and uh, le, the part of the the world sales agent uh, money. But Jérôme will talk about that. Alors, from the French part, we have a pre-sale from PayTV. Uh, we have two pre-sales from PayTV from Canal Plus and Cine Plus. Uh, we have five uh, Sofica. Sofica is uh, like an equity with. Uh, Deduction uh, uh, from the recoupment from the benefit. We have a minimum guarantee from uh, uh, theatrical for theater on uh, video on video, uh, and we have a minimum guarantee from sales uh, from international sales. What is the sales company? 
Alors, le sales engine is le pact, and the French distributor is le pact too. So, you didn't have access to the CNC in France? We have not um, subsidies from the French government. Um, is the big difference uh, like a Belgium, unlike a Spain. We have no shooting in France. We have a part of a technician uh, on, a, on a part of the casting. I'm still surprised that the project didn't receive uh, CNC support. Do you know why? In reality, is is a big surprise that we have not a uh, uh, participation of the CNC, for example. I think that Giordano, for his work, uh, naturally, uh, I hope that the CNC uh, are partners. Because of the tremendous success of Les Miserables, you mean? No, not just the Miserables. The Miserables, the Duel, uh, 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 More of his work is very interesting, and I I think that uh, the the next project. That's right. We hope that the sensei will acknowledge uh, Giordano's work for uh, his next project. Jean, if you were mentioning the Belgian tax shelter, can you tell us a little bit about how does it work and uh, how much does it represent in this project? Well, on this movie, we it's almost fifty percent of the of the Belgian share, uh, so it's around one point one million euros. Um, and usually, you can like raise between forty to forty three percent of what you sp spend in uh, in Belgium. Well, not in Belgium, but as Belgian spending. Adria. What about the Spanish part of the funding? We're lucky to get uh, for first, there's a new fund in Catalonia that it's called a uh, Minority Co-Production Fund. So we're awarded uh, this first edition for the co-production support. It's up to 300,000 and you need to spend, uh, they give you up to 60% of the Catalan spend. And it's a selective aid. So we got uh, almost 300,000, 285,000. Um, Uh, from that, uh, it's a subsidy, completely subsidy. And it, there's not many requirements where the minority co-producer, so it was a good uh, good for the financing. And we also got the tax shelter, the Spanish tax shelter, that it's 30% of the money that you spend in the in Spain. So it was almost 200,000, around 180,000 of tax shelter. Then we got an MG from Caramel, that it's a distributor, and that was the Spanish financing. Subsidies, tax shelter, and, and an MG. Any particular problem worth mentioning during production? Well, when you've got COVID, I think all the other problems are smooth, you know. So, so I wouldn't say that we, we had any other big problem on, on the, neither in financing or, or shooting. Uh, It was like a. It was a tough movie because we say it's a mystery movie, but it's also an action movie. So, so we had helicopters, drones, uh, explosion, gunfights, and so on. So, it was a pretty tough uh, uh, shooting. But I don't think that we can say that we had any big issues on the on on the set. So I believe that rimage support was also very important because of the ambition of the film, right? Erimaj can, can save your, your movie, you know, as actually did with us, because uh, at the end, I don't think we would be able to, to cover our, our contingencies or uh, producers' fees without getting Erimaj. And I think um, 
by getting this amount of image, we we were ready to 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 shoot to green light the movie, and I'm sure that we we couldn't get the movie that we actually got without this movie because, as I say, as a, an action thriller movies, maybe we couldn't have uh, this you know this gunfights or helicopter scenes without getting. Uh, if we didn't get a rimage, in fact, you can sleep at least when you get a rimage <laughs> as a producer. <laughs> What was the amount of the support? 380,000. What audience are you targeting with that film? Well, hopefully a very wide audience. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a movie that, that is, um, we can, I say, can try to have as wide as possible from teenagers till um, adults. We don't have any scenes that could, uh, you know, get us the, the 16 uh, rated movie. So I guess we could get, you know, we can try to get this movie in, in multiplexes also. So, yeah. And of course, we've got this, uh, uh, the author point of view uh, from Giordano. So it can go through festivals also. What are the next steps? Any release plan or festival submissions? We are we will be showing the the movie to to Cannes festivals to the different section, either uh, directors for night, uh, critics week, and and the official. Uh, and yeah, and otherwise, of course, there's Venice festival coming. So it will be our main focus is those those two festivals, maybe Toronto also, but you know. We really don't know what's going to happen the next uh, few weeks and months. So, so yeah, we will be ready, but uh, we'll see how it works. I understand you were very happy with this work and uh, collaboration. So are you planning to collaborate again, maybe on a new project, the three of you? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because Giordano started to, to write his new project. And of course, we are starting with already with Jerome, but I mean, we are at the very beginning of the project, of course, but uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and uh, we haven't talked about any new project with Adria yet, but I'm sure it will come, either a Belgian project or Spanish project the other way. So it's time to wrap up this first episode, but before letting you go, uh, maybe you can tell me what are your new projects? What are you working on right now? Starting up with uh, Fraca Production? In Belgium, well, we we are now in uh, we're now mixing uh, the new Fabrice Duels movie uh, that should be ready end of uh, this month. In fact, uh, of course, as you know, we are finishing and mixing also uh, Giordano's movie. We shot uh, last year uh, end of last year the um, uh, this adaptation of um, Vous n'aurez pas ma haine. Uh, it's a it's a French speaking movie, but directed by uh, uh, Kylian Ridoff. And uh, yeah, and we we, we actually started a, a new movie today, uh, Mastema. It's a French movie, a horror French movie. What about you, Jérôme, with Noodles production in France? We have to co-produce the next uh, Pablo Berger uh, movie. Uh, after Blanca Nieves on Abracadabra is an animation uh, co-production with Spain and France and uh, uh, we begin it uh, in July. 
the production in July for the market uh, 23. And you, Adria, with uh, Fast and Films in Spain. Well, we're actually in Lanzarote shooting a film uh, called Maret from Laura Schroeder. It's Luxembourg and uh, Germany and Spain production. Then we also will be shooting with homemade films in Greece uh, in a, a month, a film called El Nieto from Nelly Reguera that was awarded at Eurimage uh, last edition. And also at the end of the year, we'll be shooting uh, the permanent picture from Laura Ferres. That is, will be her first film. And she won the Goyas and um, Gaudi, and she was nominated for the EFA with uh, her short film. So we're shooting three woman films on this year. So we hope we'll be lucky. Thanks a lot for your participation to this first episode of the co-production podcast. I hope I will hear you again on the podcast for a different project in different configurations, co-productions across Europe and beyond. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe through your favorite podcast platform. And the podcast is also always accessible through Cineropa.org. Thanks a lot for listening to us. Thank you, Eurimage, for the support. Do not hesitate to provide feedback. And I'm already looking forward for the next edition of the Co-Production Podcast. Stay safe. See you next time. The co-production podcast is a collaboration between Cineuropa and Eurimage. Cineuropa is co-funded by Creative Europe.